0: You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission—it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the FitMind, FitBody podcast. Today, we talk to Vlad XL. Running has created many opportunities for Vlad, from meeting his wife to starting a business. Enjoy. Today on FitMind, FitBody, I am delighted to introduce you all to Vlad XL, just like the spreadsheets and Microsoft. <laughs> I'm trying to work out how to pronounce your name, Vlad. I am very sorry. Um, I'm useless at names but anyway here we are welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for coming along and agreeing to have a chat with me I'm really looking forward to getting to know you.
1: Uh, thank you for having me.
0: Now just the reason you're even here is that we were just going through it a minute ago it's kind of interesting because I'd had a lady on the podcast last week and she mentioned your videos which we'll touch on a little bit later uh, and I went and had a look at them because I thought I'd put them in the show notes which I did which teach runners a little bit about strength and things like that things that are important which we often forget as runners um and i thought actually you'd make a really good guest on the podcast and i asked you and you said yes so very grateful that you did so thank
1: and i booked the first available appointment
0: you, you were like keen. I went, Yes, that's what I want. Thank you. So exciting. Anyway, I'm going to be geeking out a lot because I know that a lot of the stuff that you have to share is pretty uh, cool and stuff I love to geek out on a bit too. And I'm looking forward to learning some stuff from you as well. But before we get into the running side, tell me a little bit about your personal history. Where are you from? Where would you grow up? All that kind of stuff.
1: Um, I was born in Ukraine. So I was born in, um, in the Soviet Union, technically, um, wow. Ukraine in Odessa. And then in 91, when the Soviet Union collapsed, we got to escape um, to Israel. And then I spent 10 years in Israel. And then when I was 14, um, we moved to Australia, to Uh, Perth.
0: I didn't know, I did not know the Ukrainian background at all. I just know that um, my friend in America said uh, he's Australian or New Zealand. And then I listened to your accent on your video and went, He might live in australia now but he wasn't originally australian and that's all i knew just because i could tell from your accent that it wasn't you know
1: yeah it's definitely a special mix of an accent and yeah not many people would say it's an australian accent that's for sure Um, (laughs) i get irish i get american i get yeah everything except australian
0: i think i did i because i'm australian and we often get confused with south african i thought there might be south africa or somewhere in europe or then i was like europe i sort of was saying to my husband i was like ah but i knew it'd be interesting to find out but i didn't know it was i hadn't even thought that it might have been ukraine and of course that's such a you know topical yeah thing at the place at the moment for all the wrong reasons um yeah i can imagine that's really difficult for you um you used to have family there um,
1: not really um, most of the family kind of left in 91 yeah. um some to the u.s some to to israel yeah um but yeah it's been 30 years so i obviously i've been back twice in those yeah. 30 years and i can speak the language i can speak russian um yeah. but yeah obviously it's sad to see but i don't yeah. have i guess such a strong connection
0: yeah
1: to the place um Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's just sad for all of us, isn't it, really? Oh,
1: it's sad for all the poor people that have to suffer.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move forward to... So you came to Australia when you were 14, what you said. Did you do much sport when you got to Australia?
1: Um, When I got to Australia, I did a lot because um, we we were able to afford me doing some sports. So back in Israel, you know, I was a good... um, an active kid and and you know definitely good at sports, but never had like um, you know any program or like any structured training just because we couldn't afford it. Um, I remember winning an inter school um, cross country race and then the coach in the school said, "Oh, you should go and train in the athletics club." So I went there, did like a session, did another session. This is when I was probably about ten years old, and then you had to pay, and it was like it was something like thirty dollars um for a semester so it's not much you know this is 20 years ago but like 30 dollars a semester and I was like yeah I'll bring the money next week bring the money next week bring the money next week and like I I knew my parents didn't have the money so I couldn't even ask them for that money so you know it got to the point where I couldn't say I'll bring the money next week um so I obviously had to stop showing up and yeah I mean I never had like any um like any teams that I was a part of but then when I got to Australia and we had a little bit more money um, you know I started playing tennis and you know I got to my birthday present for for was um, you know that my parents signed me up to tennis lessons which you know for an Australian kid that might sound like not a special present but for me that was like a dream come true that I was you know were able to be a part of like some structured sport training yeah and yeah I got a uh, tennis racket from Kmart and you know I would hit against our um, unit like we had like a little backyard in our unit and I would hit tennis balls for hours till it was dark and yeah I got to um, play national level um, for juniors oh, wow. in tennis so it was yeah you
0: really took that different.
1: on <laughs> yeah I, I took it all in I went all in like I would i would be like hitting serves by myself on an empty tennis court before school go back straight after school Um, Yeah, really kind of dived in, all in. Um, But then when I was about 17, I realized that I just didn't have the mental kind of game bit for tennis. Tennis, obviously, it is physical, but a lot mental. Mm. And probably, you know, I started tennis probably a tiny bit too late um, and kind of had to give up. And then, yeah, went on to a bit like a different life, which wasn't connected to sports or being healthy um, till the age of 25. Can, so can, you remember,
0: to can you remember Can you when, when you were doing the tennis was, what was it that you loved about it? Like, what was it that kept you? Cause it sounded like you, it wasn't that your parents were pushing you into it, which often often happens. Um, but yeah. you obviously were just, you know, adoring it. Can you think back and what? I really, guess I just
1: wanted to succeed. I think yeah. that, um, you know like winning a trophy in a tennis tournament like a small tournament here was was everything to me because I never had the chance to do that as a young kid like I guess kids in Australia since the age of five or four they get trophies in their local soccer or netball or you know I never had that so here I am at the age of 15 getting my first little plastic trophy and I was just kind of like I want to get more of them so I wanted to get better and train and um yeah, kind of went all in. It, I had nothing except, you know, playing against the ball machine for hours or just hitting serves by myself on an empty court for hours with only like five or six balls. It's not like I had a basket of balls. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to succeed, I think.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and and yeah, drive. Kind of, mm. Yeah, I, I, it's not like, you know, I grew up being surrounded by tennis. I think that, you know, seeing a little bit of tennis on TV um, you know, seeing players like Andre Agassi and Pete Sampras at that time, and I thought it was just a fun sport. It, it seemed like a cool sport. It seemed too far from the sports that I knew. So when I was growing up, obviously we just played soccer in soccer. school and and basketball and stuff like that, and and a bit of running. Um, but tennis just seemed like you know a different world away, where you needed rackets, where you needed a tennis court, yeah. where you needed you know a net, where you needed tennis balls. Um, so it just seemed like yeah so far away and i just wanted to be a part of that world i guess that Mm. i never had a chance to be a part of
0: wow oh that's really cool all right so you decided not to pursue your tennis um, stardom (laughs) for all different reasons who knows uh, really what what could have become of that who knows um and then what did so you had this sort of break where you said you didn't do any sport what were you doing in that interest like What other work did you do?
1: What did you? Yeah, I was traveling a bit. So I just, you know, one thing that I always wanted to do, because obviously I never did as a young kid as well, was travel. Mm -hmm. Um, So I did travel a lot. And what I would do is I would work, save some money, go to Europe, travel, come back, work. And I would do like, you know, basic jobs, like working in a lobster factory. And I'll be putting in like 18 hour shifts, sleep in my car and, you know, do that all over again, just to save enough money. Um girl,
0: style.
1: yeah, like you know, so I was just yeah, I was pushing pushing that travel bug um a little bit, then you know, got into a bit of study, studied architectural drafting, a little bit of architecture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was still kind of living an unhealthy lifestyle. So I went all in into like drinking and smoking at the mm-hmm. same time. I was working in restaurants. Um, so that lifestyle of you know, kind of late nights you know, being surrounded by people that smoke and, and drink a lot and that kind of, you know, kind of wears on to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that wasn't, it was about a seven or eight year kind of a period where I wasn't that healthy. Um, and then yeah, I kind of walk up just before my 25th birthday and realized that this is enough is enough kind of like this is I'm just tired of being tired all the time and exhausted. And yeah, signed up to a marathon and you know, here I am 10 years, 10 years later. Literally. So
0: where, where in Australia were you at the time? Where were you living Perth. at that point? You were in Perth? In Perth yeah. Is that where you've been based most of the time in Australia, in Perth?
1: Yeah, we moved to Perth. I did spend um, five years in Hong Kong um, later on. So we just got back three, three and a half years ago. Okay. Um, but most of the time I was in Perth.
0: Most of the time. So I guess it's, that story, I don't, I'm don't. i sure you've heard of Dean Knaz, but it sounds to me... A little bit like he when he turned was it 30 I think he had had previously his lifestyle had been full of alcohol and drinking up to his 30th birthday and then he had this kind of epiphany at his 30th birthday party I think and he kind of walked out the door and went for a run and literally ran for 10 hours or something yeah. like <laughs> literally <laughs> when you read his book it's like what <laughs> So and I don't think he hardly ever drank or I certainly didn't smoke <laughs> after that you know it was that. He just turned, like it made a decision. Is that what it was like for you? It was like a decision and from that moment forward or did you have sort of gray areas?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it took me like probably not overnight like that, but I do think that that age 25 kind of felt for me. It felt like the quarter of my life and I didn't want the next quarter of my life to be so unhealthy. Yeah. Um, but just before that kind of change, me and my brother spent three months um in a van driving from Adelaide to Cairns, um, yeah. you know, kind of like sleeping in the car. And and that was kind of like a switch for me a little bit of how beautiful life can be when it's simple. And, you know, we kind of were forced to wake up early and, you know, we'll go to sleep early. Um, we didn't have too much money, so we didn't couldn't really go out and, and drink much. So kind of, yeah, started feeling a little better, you know, I'd start walking every morning on the beach for like you know, 20, 30 minutes, and that kind of started making that change. And then when I got home, even towards the end of that trip, I already started smoking a bit less. But then when I got home, um, that was a few few days before my 25th birthday, and I decided that I'm just going to quit smoking right then and sign up for that marathon within maybe a day or two. So maybe not such a sharp kind of like walk out of the bar and do a long (laughs) run. Um, But yeah, probably a process of about Maybe like six weeks.
0: Wow. So how long was the marathon from the time that you signed up? How, how long did you give yourself? It would train? have
1: been three or four days. Like this is oh. 2012. So you like, you know, sign up in person as well. So I went in, got my bib at the same time. Um,
0: <laughs> Sorry. So you'd done some walking while you were um, like backpacking a bit, but in, in your van. <laughs>
1: yeah. So I started to walk. Yes. Every morning I would start to walk. I will do some afternoon walks. Um, I was like, you know, an athletic kid, like when, when I was growing up. So I didn't like, I would say like running 10 K, um, what I didn't see that as a challenge. Um, but yeah, I just signed up to the marathon only because in the back of my mind, I always knew, um, that my dad ran the first hundred K, um, race in the Soviet union in 1973 (sighs) Wow. Yeah, I never thought I never thought about doing hundred k, but I always thought, all right, well, I can definitely at least do a marathon once in my life, because um, yeah, he kind of it told me about it. He stopped running probably two years after it when he turned, I think, twenty-two, um, because obviously in the Soviet Union you don't run on the streets when you are, um, you know, in, in the mid '70s, because they would think that you stole something or you're yeah. running away you're from, running somebody. from
0: something or- <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, you don't just run on the streets yeah. in the '70s. Yeah. Um, And he also, he got married, you know, at the age of 22, had kids. So he kind of stopped running. Mm. And then he started running when I started running. So we had kind of like a nice um, connection with that. And now he's running. We did a few races together. You know, next few weeks, we're going to do some races together in Europe. Um, So a real nice connection that we have through running now. So I always knew that he did those 100K races. Like he would kind of, you know, tell me. um,
0: That's in your genetics. Like you felt like that was in your genetics.
1: Yeah, it just felt like, you know, it was always in the back of my mind, like, wow, we did that. And, you know, I, I thought 100K sounded a bit far, but a marathon sounded a bit more realistic. Um, so, yeah, I signed up and it was a painful experience. It was a painful exercise <laughs> I for sure. imagine it
0: was <laughs> challenging.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started quick. I definitely started quick full of um, adrenaline,
0: mm-hmm. um, but
1: it was a slow finish. The last 10, 15K were painful and not as painful as, Walk into my car and driving home and
0: in the, next, you know, two the days. next
1: two or three days <laughs> you know I couldn't I couldn't get out of bed it was that bad oh, wow.
0: um which one did you do was it one it was Perth marathon yeah. Yeah, yeah
1: the Perth marathon it would have been like 25th of June so not far away from being 10 years since I started running oh
0: wow so you crossed the line and and you as you just explained it wasn't it amazing experience (laughs) because the training maybe had been lacking a little bit um but you obviously kept going because i'm talking to you so what what conversation do you remember having with yourself about you know i can keep doing this even though my body's telling me right now that was a bad idea to do it that way
1: (laughs) yeah i mean i was the world champion in starting things and not finishing them Mm -hmm. so for me making to making it to the finish line was just a massive high And no matter what was going on in my life, the next few weeks, I was just so happy that I completed something. And as simple as, you know, start from this point and finish at this point, um, you know, I was just like, you know, so motivated to get that feeling again. And even till today, that's my addiction is. Is not really the, well, obviously I always enjoy racing and running and, and doing all those events, but that finish line feeling that I'm sure a lot of the listeners would know that feeling when you finish a race and the next few hours, you're just on a high and nobody can take that away from you. You know, no matter what happens, you still set yourself a goal. You finish that goal. Um, and yeah, I think it's just a beautiful kind of a feeling. And I just got addicted to that feeling.
0: Can, can you remember... Uh what the next thing that you signed up for was or how you kept running? Yeah,
1: so there was another, there was a city to surf marathon five weeks after that. So it took me probably like three weeks of not much walking or running. And then I ran for a little bit for another two weeks and then I did the city to surf. Yeah. Um, and I went a little bit quicker and then I got home after that race and I Googled the hardest running races in the world. And I found the Atacama crossing um, which was a 250K self-supported race. So you run with a backpack with all your clothes, food. Medical. Um,
0: cool.
1: Yeah, everything that you need except water for the whole week. Um, so a 10 kilogram backpack. So I went through it. I was kind of like, you know, it was pretty expensive. So it was, it was three and a half thousand US dollars to sign up. So maybe about 5,000 Australian dollars plus the flights and all the equipment. It's probably like a $10,000 um, adventure.
0: Where and, was it?
1: Where where was it? It was in Atacama Desert in Chile. <laughs>
0: Chile, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. So it gets to about forty okay. degrees during the day, and then it goes to minus one or two during the night. So it's a pretty extreme kind of um, desert there. Um, so I, yeah, I was I had to put like a deposit, which was maybe two or three thousand, or maybe it was a thousand dollars for the race, and mm-hmm. took me a few days. And then I was like, oh, I'll just do it. I'll put it on my credit card. Um, and that that event pretty much changed my life. So training for that event, so I had maybe three or four months training for, for that event through the Australian summer, um, and yeah, from that point, I, you know, I became addicted to 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 the longer stuff, to to racing ultra marathons and trail races. Um, so I haven't really done too many road races after those two marathons. I felt like you know I had no chance to be competitive, um, you know, on the top top level. So I thought trail running. Um, seemed a bit less competitive. I can probably do better there. I can probably win some more plastic trophies there. And <laughs> and I started doing more trail races.
0: In the podcast, we talk about, you know, what's people's motivations, what drives them to keep training and things. It sounds like, and some people say, yes, the event, if they didn't have an event they signed up for, then they wouldn't get out of bed in the morning to do the training. Other people don't need that. Um, but yours seems to be the plastic trophies.
1: <laughs> and I think uh, it all comes back to, um, you know, never having, you know, won any of them when I was a kid. So I think, you know, as I said, like my first plastic trophy was at the age of 15. So um, I had to make up for all those plastic trophies. Uh.
0: So that experience you had in Chile, what was it about that, that that you think made you, set you on this trail, ultra trail path that you're on now?
1: Well, I think it it kind of, you know, I finished second, even though I had like a really bad um food poisoning you know i was on on antibiotics like the whole race but still managed to finish second so i was like you know on a good day i probably would have won that race and you know i can probably be competitive in in those kind of races um and then you know that was a time where trail running was growing a little bit 2013 Mm -hmm. um there were some sponsorships you know out there um so i thought like you know i have a shot of actually getting a sponsorship and maybe kind of making this into into a lifestyle um so that was kind of like all right i'm just gonna try and go all in i continued working nights at at the restaurant so i'll pretty much work from like 5 p.m till 11 um p.m every day and then during the day i'll just train um you know strength work running strength work like i would i'd really put a lot of hours into that did a few other races in asia won some of them um and then decided that you know, Perth and Australia didn't have enough races. Mm-hmm. Um, this is again, 2013, 14, there weren't too many trail races. Um, so I moved to Hong Kong, which was pretty much like the capital of trail running at that point, um, like the Mecca of like, like outside of Chamonix, that was probably the biggest place. Yep. And they had a trail race, one or two trail races every single weekend. So I was like, I was like a kid in a candy store. I would just race every single weekend um wow. and that was yeah that was incredible
0: so you stayed there for five years and as a sponsored athlete I got,
1: yeah I got I got a really good sponsorship with the North Face probably six to nine months after I arrived in Hong Kong so mm-hmm. I was winning a lot of races you know literally one every week and they kind of noticed it. and yeah it didn't start as a good sponsorship but yeah from the second year it was kind of lucky like enough to live off um to pay my rent and Oh, and a bit right. of food so yeah not, oh. not not a lot of money not like yeah. the NBA or yeah I but but yeah, it was just fun because you know I was 27 28 you know I got to pick my races around the world I got to race in some you know really cool places and yeah I got paid for it and in many ways I wasn't an, an elite runner at the same time I was yeah. a good trail runner so yeah I was pretty lucky
0: so what's your favorite trail run race
1: or place to run?
0: Uh well both. That's a very good distinction.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean when I race, I don't really know where I'm at. I I'm you know I can be racing in the most beautiful place in the world and I'll be just looking one and a half meters in front of me and being oh, so focused. Yeah. Um but yeah racing wise you know I I can do a race here in the dark in Perth or do one in Chamonix and it's all the same realistically. Oh, there you go. Just, yeah. I mean, I've, I've done races where I've done them three or four years in a row and I'll be on the course just running and somebody goes, yeah, this is the course for this race. And I'm like, wow, is it really? So even <laughs> after running it three or four times in a race, um, I still would not recognize it on a training run.
0: Obviously on a training
1: run, like anything in Europe is incredible. So like mm. anywhere around the Alps, you know, obviously in training, I go slow and I stop and I look and, mm. you know, I enjoy the trails, but in racing you know i don't i don't care if we're racing in a closed um shed some in somebody's backyard or we're racing in the yeah. alps it, i just look straight down and breathe as hard as i can
0: and just go it's go, interesting cuz yeah. cuz a lot of people on the podcast are not at your level haven't raced at your level some of them have mind you but um not that many many of many of us uh, tend to be just like you know weekend warriors or whatever you want to call it and we spend a lot of time just looking where okay. we are, <laughs> like yeah. enjoying the environment, even in a race, because there's no hope of us, you know, winning this or coming anything close to it. So we spend a lot of time just uh, looking it. around us.
1: <laughs> no, I definitely like, you know, since COVID hit, I've done some races once my sponsorship um, went, once I lost my sponsorship, um, I definitely done some races where I just had fun. You know, I took my video camera, my GoPro with me and just enjoyed it and it's a different feeling because I was smiling I was high-fiving people you know I really got the vibe of the race where that's never happened before like you know I would just look straight down and just go as hard as I can and it it was a different enjoyment obviously like I want to get to the point that you know in in three or four years five years where I just go out there and have fun um now most of the races that I do I still try and push and and you know, may try and do well, but I'm excited for that next chapter where I can just go out there and high five people and enjoy the views. Like the rest Uh, of us. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's fun. Like, you know, this is because you have less pressure on yourself. You enjoy, you sleep better at night. Yeah. You know, somebody overtakes you, no big deal. You know, I'm just here to have fun. I'm just here to race for myself. Um, where once you have a sponsorship, like you obviously have that pressure to perform, um, you know, they find out about your results. You have to kind of like you know, give them an update every few weeks with your races and results, and they book mm-hmm. your flights and stuff like that. So there's a bit more pressure, which is good and bad sometimes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was nice. Once the good thing about losing that sponsorship is that I had a few races where I got to enjoy them.
0: You can just do whatever you like. So yeah. how, how so, do you handle that pressure? That's like a really good, to, good question <laughs> because I get I get anxious just going for a race. Like so, I have done lots of races in my running history and no matter what the race is or where it is, I get quite anxious leading up to it. And I don't have the pressure of sponsorship or even representation of a state or a country behind me. Um, How do you handle it? What are your...
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because we all handle pressure differently. Um, Sometimes, you know, pressure can can lead to pains and increase inflammation in the body and stomach problems. So it's definitely like, um, you know, it's definitely trying... It's good to try and find ways to handle with it. I think lately you know, my mindset has been like, you know, it just, just like, you know, it's a race and I'm just going to try and do the best I can on that day. And whatever happens, whatever happens, like, you know, there's not much I can do on some you have some good days, some bad days. And that's been, you know, a bit easier. And I've been sleeping a lot better, um, the nights before the race, but yeah, I mean, it's nice having a little bit of pressure on yourself, um, because that means that this race means something to you. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's nice to have that balance between mm. overpressuring yourself and, you know, sometimes just going there, I'm just going to go and have fun and high five people and, you know, smile and enjoy nature. Yeah. Which um, is a sort of yeah.
0: different experience, isn't it? I mean,
1: yeah, it's all in that mindset where you tell yourself, how important yeah. is this race for you? Yeah. Um, you can always kind of like lie to yourself and go like, oh, well, this is just a training run and, you know, still go out there and obviously push, but, you know, In the lead up, you just keep telling yourself, oh, it's just a training run. It's just a training run. Like I got another race after that. Probably one way that I did deal with the pressure is sign up to a lot of races. So, you know, I I would pretty much I would do 25 to 35 races a year. Um, So I always knew, all right, well, no big deal if I don't don't do well here because I got another race next week or another three weeks. Um, So in that kind of way, that was probably the way that I was um, handling that pressure. It's just in the back of my mind, I knew that I have another race. So no big deal if yeah. I don't do well here. So I came probably a tiny bit more relaxed into those races. Um, saying that, that doesn't really work for your really big, important races, but the small ones, it doesn't, you know, slipping well before smaller races.
0: Yeah, I understand. Um, what does your running look like now? Like what is your, what's your racing? Now you were kind of coming out the other side of COVID. You did say you're, you're going off to do a run with your dad in Europe um or some races and so yeah i mean
1: I, i'm still like you know i did a race on the weekend um mm-hmm. i raced two or three weeks ago probably probably about 15 races this year so far um mm-hmm. obviously all down here in Perth um I still train a lot I think a tiny bit less than before um I think that my my training right now is is a little bit of my motivation is to help my brand grow um, through my results where so now kind of like running for myself but I also have to be smart because I do you know work seven days a week and you know we have a little young daughter now Um, so it's that finding that balance right now I'm running twice a day most days yeah Um, so I would do like this morning I did 30 minutes and then probably another you know 90 minutes tonight so maybe another 20k tonight um, maybe about 140 to 160K a week right now. Um, and then in Europe, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be going to Europe for six weeks and I'll be doing six races in six weeks. Oh, wow. um, my dad will join like some of the races, but we probably won't run together. Yeah. Um, but at least we'll get to spend some time together. Um, so I, I still like, you know, I'm 34. So I know that my competitive edge is probably gonna die, die out in the next four or five years so in in one part of me does want to say like focus on your business focus on you know building something look after your family mm-hmm. and then there's there's the other part of me that goes like this is the last chance to actually like you know do well um so i'm in that kind of a place where some weeks i'm you know i'm thinking well you're not even sponsored anymore nobody cares nobody you've got to pay for your own flights and all that um and then there's some weeks where i'm like really hungry and and I feel like this is coming to the end of my running, well, competitive running years. Um, so let's make the most out of it. And it's just tough kind of convincing myself sometimes and my wife that, you know, this is all worth it. Or, yeah, this is so, good. But.
0: So then you, you'll move into like the age group running. I know
1: it will come, like there's no escaping it and I'm not going to try and drag it for like longer <laughs> than it should be. I know that it's probably going to be another four or five years, yeah. um, and I don't want to run twice a day for the rest of my life. Like you know, I don't think right. it's healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a very selfish sport. Running is mm-hmm. a very selfish sport, especially when you are running twice a day. And I think that Longer just, distance. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. When your long run is is four or five hours, and you drive to the hills and back, you know, suddenly you leave the house at five a.m. Get back at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, you know, it's super super selfish. It was a lot easier when we didn't have when when i didn't have a, a child but now i feel guilty if i'm like you know spending more time so i try and do most of my training around home and um you know go when she's asleep and stuff like that and and kind of look at the big picture rather than just me and my yeah. plastic trophies
0: oh I <laughs> your plastic trophy have you got a push a pram you could um you know a jogger pram <laughs> no
1: nah, could... nah, we there thought about sometimes. it we, yeah we thought about it but i kind of felt like it's not going to be a quality run. And then, you know, she's just going to be sitting there and not, maybe she'll enjoy it, but it's not going to be like quality time that we can spend together. So I'd rather do my run early in the morning and, (laughs) and then some spend some time with her straight after the run.
0: This may or may not be something you could put in the back of your mind, but I have a friend um, who had two young children and she really wanted to get back into some running. We're not talking about the distances that you do, but she wanted to do like 20 K's and she couldn't work out her husband was working away and she couldn't work out how she was going to be able to do it. So she put the children in the pusher and she ran the 10 K's to like a child, like an indoor play area. So then they'd go there and that was their fun time. And she would stop there and have lunch and the kids would get to play in this environment. They'd be really excited. And then she'd put them back in the pram after they'd had this thing and And then she would run, I think she even broke it up on the way back, I think she she ran 5K to a park and then they got out to play and then they got back in and they did the other 5K. So she got her 20K in, but it was sort of broken up around these kids kind of events, (laughs) which I thought was a cute way to do it. I'm
1: hoping that my daughter could like, you know, maybe cycle next to me in in a few years and that kind of, it's going to work probably a little bit better. Um, But yeah, running with a pram, I don't think it's good for my running form. I think it's i think it's a great way of, of you know, going out there and exercising. But when you take running a little bit more serious, if you do too much running with a pram, it could affect your running yeah, form a little that's bit. True. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Well, mother of, I'm a mother of five children, and my yeah. children have all followed me in bikes. They're, the youngest is 18 now. But when they were little, yeah, they've all... I did the bike thing. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I think that would be
1: a cool way of doing doing some training together. That's fine.
0: It's a bit like the mother duck, you know, when you see the the (laughs) little baby ducks coming behind. Except then very quickly they overtake you and it's like, okay, this isn't working anymore. You're all way faster than me. (laughs) Get off the bike and run. Anyway, and now they're all faster than me when they run as well. So that's all a bit crazy. That's Uh, a good
1: thing. It means that you trained them well. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, so you're when you're running, do you listen to things? This is something I ask people quite a lot. Do you listen to podcasts or audios or music or do you just listen to yourself?
1: Yeah, I go through stages. So there'll be some stages. When I'm on the trails, I hardly ever listen to anything because I just enjoy the trails. Um, sometimes on the roads, like, you know, I get to that point where, you know, I'm just a bit bored. So I might listen to a podcast, but Probably the last time I listened to anything was probably two years ago. Um, So I feel like I might, yeah, I might go through like, you know, a stage of like three or four months of listening to something. Yeah. Then I would, you know, like this stage right now, which has been, yeah, probably more than two years that I haven't listened to anything during, during my runs um, and just kind of enjoy. I I see it as like self meditation. So, you know, there's times where I want to escape, um, you know, all the responsibilities that I have. And there's some times where I I can become creative during those runs and I can actually think through some things. And, you know, I come from a run and with a lot of ideas and, you know, new things, which my my wife really likes when I come out from Uh a run with more ideas of things that we should do and how we should change things to improve things. Um, But yeah, I think that sometimes it's just kind of a nice time um, to shut down and and enjoy just the basic movement Mm. outside.
0: Yeah yeah so what's going through your mind then is just you know as you said that creative community. stuff or, yeah, or yeah. um, or even just being in the moment you know that being more in that environment that you're in which yeah. is you know really Beautiful. cool and, yeah. and a great way to uh, to have a run I think and yeah anyway um when do you think you called yourself a runner because you were a tennis player <laughs>
1: yeah no <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I started calling myself well feeling like I'm a runner um I think after like probably winning that 100k race like the first one that I did um in Malaysia so that was 2014 um so probably two, two one and a half years after I started running yeah and yeah I just felt like you know I've ran quite a lot to that point and I feel like a runner because I was losing a lot of weight so mm-hmm. I think that that was kind of something that you know was really noticeable and then it also became it became really easy to run so yeah. I think I was I was fit enough to like you know just run 10k and not feel it at all yeah um, so that's when I started feeling like a runner I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I will call myself a runner but I was definitely feeling yeah. like I am a runner
0: yeah. um,
1: but even like today you know I, I do some training with some young um, kids that are really fast on the roads and the track and they're all mm-hmm. 10 years younger than me mm-hmm and their times are so much quicker than, than mine. And am I even a runner? Like, you know, <laughs> when they run that quick, like, can I even consider myself a runner? So sometimes I do question myself if,
0: that if
1: I can think my, I can call myself a runner. Um,
0: so if I said to you, you know, I run, I don't know, whatever, really slow speed. Um, and, um, I'm struggling. Should I call myself a runner? What would you say? Yeah, but, I'm,
1: Imagine if you and I ran every single day together, like yeah, imagine, yeah. you know, you kind of, you, you, you would keep looking at me and you go, wow, he's yeah. not even sweating. He's not even breathing. <laughs> you know, here you I am. Go, day you, after day, I'm suck, working. Yeah. <laughs> you,
0: you run too well. Stop it.
1: <laughs> so that's the kind of, that's the thoughts that I have when I do train with those guys that, wow, like, you know, well, yeah. what am I doing here? I should just go, go and, you know, get a real job. Oh. Uh,
0: keep pushing yourself that maybe that's why because because it's part of your job then it's really tied to your identity you know that the performance element of it not just you know as you know you can see people run every weekend in a park run and some of them call themselves runners and some don't and it's actually mostly it's got nothing to do with how fast they run it's more to do with themselves and what their identity is so it's quite yeah 100
1: percent 100 and i think obviously I'm, I'm kidding about um thinking about myself a runner <laughs> Um, but you're 100% right. That thing yeah. is, is mm-hmm. how you see yourself, which is the most important thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can be a slow runner, fast runner. It doesn't matter. As yeah. long as you run and move, you're, you're a runner realistically. Yeah. Get
0: going. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because some, some people seriously have that identity in, in that because they've always been fast, that when they stop being fast, they find it hard to call themselves a runner. A runner. Just because that's the identity, how they've meshed it in to what it means to be a runner.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, and it it's like takes... drinking It's like drinking a good red wine. And then, you know, after that you buy a cheap bottle and you go, I don't want to drink that anymore.
0: It's horrible, it's exactly yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> how long do you think you will run for in your life? Because you're still quite young even if you don't feel like
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's hard to say because I think that, you know I have a very addictive personality. Um, so when I do, and, and that means that I'm scared to do other things like, you know,
0: okay. um,
1: you know, I, there's probably like, what well, four years ago I was, I was, so I was working as a, as a running coach, like online running coach for a while. Yeah. And you know, some of the ultra runners were having success. And one guy contacted me fucking coaching for triathlons. And I was like, I don't know anything about triathlons, but I might sign up to a few triathlons and, you know, see what the sport is about. And before I knew it, like, you know, I did like three triathlon races in three weeks, trained a little bit more and then did like six half Ironmans oh, in six wow. months. Um, so I went all in, like, you know, I was swimming twice a day, which I've never swam before. I never had a bike. Um, and I managed to get, I mean, I was managed to get to, um, I, was, I was ranked number one in my age group for the 70.3 uh, <laughs> distance within six months. So that's why I mean, like, I'm scared to do things because uh, I just go all in. So
0: (laughs) you become i think that i do get to a
1: point i I do i do i become super obsessed so you know maybe when i'm not that successful in running and you know i might do some kite surfing and i become good at that so i might go all into that so i might not even run anymore um because i like running but i also like doing well in something if that makes sense and yeah it could have been running it could have been tennis it could have been soccer it could have been chess yeah. you know if I was if I was good in riding, maybe I, I wouldn't be running you know well um, it I also
0: think. sounds to me a little bit like most of the things that you give a go especially at the moment in the physical arena um, if you give it a go you will yeah a good okay. go <laughs> you'll go do pretty well in it because you yeah you I have th- that.
1: I, yeah I'm definitely kind of you know I was blessed with good genes that you know physically I can do well in you know and I pick them up really quickly as well so I pick sports really quickly. Um, even as when I was young, um, but then like you know, I'm not talented in many other areas, so I have to stick where my strengths are, um, which is usually around sports. I wish I had other strengths, like you know, maybe it'd be fun to to be able to write and you know write a book or something like that. But you know, I'm just good at doing basic things like moving my left foot and then my right foot, uh, and then yeah. my, left and my right.
0: That's actually what I like about running. It is actually really simple. simple yeah. <laughs> it, it's basically, it's really <laughs> simple. And people try to complicate it, <laughs> I think, sometimes. Um, do you, you mentioned before you run with some other um, people. Do you often run with people or do you run by yourself mostly or a bit of both?
1: So for the last like eight years, I've run by myself mm-hmm. pretty much the whole time. So oh, I would wow. never run with anybody else. But then when COVID hit, uh, I wasn't able to travel to any more trail races. Um, I lost my, my sponsorship, which was around trail running. Um, I decided to go for like a bit more road running and marathon running because that's what we can do here in Perth. And then I started training with a group of younger kids and well, kids they're 24, 25, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, they feel young. And now I probably do a lot more running with them now. So, yeah. um, you know, probably I would run with somebody out of my 12 runs a week, probably like eight or nine runs a week I would do with oh, wow. somebody else which is nice. It's definitely a nice change um, after so many years of running by myself, which I didn't mind at all. Yeah. But then after running with a few people, then you go, that's actually, times goes time goes a lot quicker. You know, yeah, that yeah. 15K run that i meant to do by myself goes a bit slower when you're by yourself. But when you're somebody else, it just goes through it really quick. So that's nice. Yeah,
0: you can just sort of chat and whatever. Like if you're going slow
1: enough. <laughs> yeah, and time just goes by quickly. And then it's also the good thing about it is, Um, for me to improve i know that i have to push myself in different areas like running quicker Um, Mm -hmm. so that's also a good way to like push yourself but you Mm -hmm. just have to be smart about when you do it and when you don't so there's Mm -hmm. there were times where i wasn't training with a group at all because i didn't want to over push the body
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and now coming back to a bit more racing or faster racing i do a bit more running with a group so it's kind of i think over time i just learned about my body and you know kind of putting the training you know, position them in a way that I don't hurt myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what do you think running's given you that if you didn't, hadn't picked up running, you wouldn't have in your life at the moment?
1: I think everything, like I think running has opened up so many doors and opportunities for me. You know, if I didn't start running, I would have not moved to Hong Kong. I would have not met yeah. my wife. Um, you know, yeah, everything like, uh, you know, I was, I was super lucky. I mean, Running has given me so much that it's pretty much, you know, the biggest part of my life right now um, yeah. outside of my family is running. And yeah, I mean, it's a tough question because it's, it's definitely, it's given me so much that, um, you know, I'm really grateful to be able, you know, and that's something that I remind myself a lot when I don't want to run is like, yeah. you know, look how grateful, like, you know, you got to be grateful that you're able to walk pain-free, you're able to run. You're able to train every day a lot of people don't even if they have the physical ability mm. they're not able to run twice a day because they have you know other responsibilities and other things um so yeah i definitely remind myself a lot when you know training gets hard and some days you don't want to train um mm-hmm. you know, that you have a gift to like you know be able to move pain-free which not many people have
0: yeah. um
1: so yeah it's a good reminder
0: so have you had many injuries?
1: Not really none, to be honest. It's like, touch wood. <laughs> touch wood. I think early on, so when I started running, I did go deep inside um, everything from diet to strength to stability and mobility um, training. So I really spent a lot of time the first few years learning about my body, about training techniques, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so on, just not to get injured. Because I, like running is is different than like, let's say tennis, because tennis It's a skilled sport. So in many ways, once you build that skill, it's almost always going to stay there. It might take you a week or two to get back there, three weeks, five weeks. Running is different. Like you don't run for a while. You lose it quick. You don't run for two days. You lose some fitness. Mm -hmm. Um, So I knew I don't want to get injured. So I did everything um, that I could, learning as much as I can. And knock on wood, I pretty much ran every single day for the last 10 years. You know, a couple of days that I missed because you know I would fly straight after races that's something that I learned really Mm -hmm. quickly is like don't catch a plane three hours after finishing a 100k race um so I'll come you know with with the cold or stuff like that so I've missed a few days of running but otherwise yeah I've ran every single day for the last 10 years
0: that's crazy you are a bit like uh what's his name who I mentioned yeah just I have actually had someone else on the podcast a local bloke um Jay who Jace, who has uh, run every day for six years <laughs> at least two k's every day for six years it, apparently there's a whole you you probably know that there's a whole um group of people like i don't know if it's a facebook group or whatever that um put up and there's somebody out there who's run every day i think Jace said for f- over 50 years it's wow. <laughs> like
1: what yeah yeah I think that was the that that's Ron Hill. That's the guy that started that clothing company. Yeah,
0: yeah, and that's right. I've got something of his, actually, in running. Yeah, with Ron yeah. in yeah,
1: running. Him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've yeah, uh, you know, it hasn't been every single day, but I haven't missed running because of um because of an injury. So whenever I did miss running, is is usually a cold or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So it was never more than like yeah, I would say the most I've missed is maybe two or three days. Yeah. Um, few times over the last few years so I was pretty lucky really really lucky
0: that's awesome that is good um it's also
1: that commitment like you know I do a lot outside of running I wish it was just running but you know it's a (laughs) lot of hours every day that I you know invest into my body to make sure that I don't get injured and you know being a running coach for a while you seeing how many people are injured and you know miss training sessions and stuff like that um, so that kind of motivated me even more to do the boring stuff, which is not fun. Um, so, so running is fun in many ways compared to strength work.
0: If if you could tell people who are running either, you know, like me, who's been running for a long time, but occasionally still get injured and things like that, or just somebody starting running, what kind of things should they be doing apart from the running? Do you think, what do you think some of the most important elements are of you know, staying that kind of longevity to put longevity into your running.
1: perhaps. Yeah, definitely. Like before you start the run, like, you know, spend five, 10 minutes um, warming up a little bit. It doesn't have to be stretches and stuff, but just mm-hmm. like easy moving, mm-hmm. you know, a few little leg swings and stuff like that. Um, so make sure you get to your training or your run 10 minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, things like hydrating straight after you run, like don't wait till you get home, have a bottle ready there with water just to hydrate quickly um make sure obviously that you get good sleep i mean obviously everybody talks about it but it it adds up it makes a big difference um and then you know spend some time building strength stability running is a single-legged sport so you want to spend a lot of time um building that single-legged sport and it doesn't it's single-legged strength and Mm. it doesn't have to be too much so it's not like you have to go to the gym and do three-hour session lifting heavy weights it can literally be 10-15 minutes a day doing basic exercises on your living floor on your living room floor Um, doesn't have to be too complicated and then developing a bit of flexibility and mobility Mm. Um, so I would say that I spend probably an hour every single day an hour, an hour 15 um, on strength mobility uh, flexibility form rolling and stuff like that yeah and I don't miss a day because I know how important it is and I feel it like you know obviously sometimes with travel you miss some of those sessions and you know i'm feeling it the next day and as you get older it just becomes more and more important like as i said i train with some of those 25 year olds and for them you know they don't feel it as much as i would if i don't do it um so yeah if i want to keep running twice a day i know that i need to make sure that i put that time so if you're not if like let's say if you're running 50k a week Mm -hmm. um, you want to be putting at least 10 to 15 minutes a day um, of strength strength work flexibility Mm -hmm. form rolling um yeah. I mean, and- running is a lifestyle, right? It's not just mm. something you do for an hour a day or half an hour a day. If you want to do well in running, you have to be committed and sacrifice you know, quite a lot.
0: So um, I know that you happen to have videos, which show people some of those you know, strength exercises that you can do at home in your living room, like you said. So I will make sure I put a link uh, to your video, to your YouTube channel in the notes what made you want to create videos that show people to, or that, that take that education and <sighs> things you've learned from your running?
1: Um, it definitely started showing. with with the people that I was coaching. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had 40 people on my online coaching kind of programs and it was just an easy way of me showing them, hey, this is what you're going to be doing. Yeah. And then I would say, this is your workout for Monday. This is Tuesday, this is Wednesday. So it was really easy. And then above that as well, like, you know, a lot of, I know that a lot of runners are getting injured there. And, you know, the amount of messages that I get from people saying, hey, I've been doing your strength work for the last six months and I haven't missed a day of running. Kind um, yeah. of that definitely makes me happy because I know how much running has given me. And I know, you know, even seeing like my wife get injured or something and seeing how, you know, she's a little bit depressed and unhappy. And, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of a feeling that I wouldn't want to wish that on to anybody. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, making sure. And I, like I wanted to keep it as simple as I can and have different kind of workouts that would fit any level um so yeah i spent last year that i spent pretty much an hour an hour and a half a day putting out all those videos Um, i have a lot more which i just need to edit just running a a bit out of time and i do want to put a bit more time into that youtube channel um you know in the next few years Mm. um, just trying to give people some yeah free basic strength workouts
0: yeah i love that and so and what else does your business do apart from you know, obviously that's the free side of things that you do. Tell us, what is it that? How do you make your money now? What's your business?
1: So about um, two years ago, so pretty much when COVID hit, like a month yeah. um, after, we started our hydration company. Um, so that was that was living in Hong Kong, and you know, I knew that when you hydrate, like let's say when you have um, something through a water source, like uh, you know something in water, it goes a lot quicker into your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. So I'd finish my run, um, you know, and I'll have a hydration tablet. I'll put that in my glass of water. Mm-hmm. I'll put one with vitamin C because when you're a lot, your immune system goes down. I'll put yeah. one for magnesium. So another tablet of magnesium, um, one with zinc, uh, one with iron. Like, you know, I would have this cocktail of, of kind of um, dissolvable tablets in my, in my cup because that's the quickest way you can put it in your bloodstream. Yeah. And I did that for years in Hong Kong. And then you know i remember kind of looking is there like one tablet that has more than just Mm -hmm. electrolytes and there was nothing um so me and my wife spent probably two and a half years developing you know this this electrolyte tablet that has 12 vitamins and minerals and you know luckily my wife is german so we were able to like um talk with some manufacturers but in the beginning it was nobody wanted to give us a chance because obviously we just like two random people that sent him an email. And, you know, we sent probably 50 emails and only got three or four back. And oh, the wow. ones that did get back to us were like, no, no. Mm. And then one, one manufacturer was like, yeah, it's, it's going to cost you a lot to trial it. Um, but yeah, we went all in and, and oh, kind wow. of got a product that we're pretty proud of in, in many ways. Um, it, it is 100% designed for runners. Um, it's the stuff that I've been taking for years. And I remember when we kind of went all, all in on this um on this project um i was kind of thinking well if nobody buys it at least i'll have yeah, you know, a good my, supply I'll, yeah that's right i'll have it and my friends will drink it and you know now two years on which obviously were a bit um rough with with covid um you know i think that people are starting to appreciate the product and using it on a regular basis and you know I, we never claim that like this product is going to make you the best run in the world no. but in running it's all about those one percenters. Um, you know, this, the flexibility is 1%. The warm-up is another half a percent. The good night's sleep is another 1%. And when you have enough 1%, usually you do well. And, you know, that's the way I always looked at, at our recovery um, product. So It's a very basic um, hydration tablet that you would just have straight after your run.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it, it's got the, yeah, a lot of vitamin C, a lot of zinc, magnesium, iron, Q10. Um, bromelain, which is like a natural anti-inflammatory that comes Mm -hmm. from the middle of the pineapple um so yeah kind of a recovery feel to it and yeah i've been having pretty much one one or two tablets a day of that for the last four (laughs) years we've been sampling it and i've been recovering well and a lot of yeah i think we have like uh, a really high amount of return customers which just shows that Mm -hmm. you know it was worth developing this product because people um, do appreciate it
0: and how do they get hold of it (laughs)
1: Um yeah we, we most of the shops that we sell are actually in in Hong Kong Singapore um but we do sell in a couple of shops in Australia mm-hmm. and then online at mm-hmm. um bigsvitamins.com um Australian delivery so it's pretty quick yeah.
0: um I can put a yeah. link in the show notes for that. Thank you. Yeah. That's what I'll do. But I reckon that'll be a good. So your <laughs> YouTube channel and your um your hydration yeah product yeah. website because it does it sounds awesome in fact a couple of years ago my husband and I um, he fell in love with a, a hydration type electrolyte tablet bit, it was from South Africa so South yeah South Africa yeah that's where it's from um, and it was um, that he saw he we got at a marathon um, stall uh, when we were at a race um, and we've been trying to find something similar ever since so <laughs> probably we will probably buy some <laughs> so there you go that's one reason this is podcast is only really about me getting things that i need and <laughs> learning things that i want to learn to keep my running going forever so uh, and i think you've no but definitely not,
1: yeah on a side note if hmm. if, if it's speaks hydration or any, any other hydration i think that it is important to to hydrate during the day yeah. and especially after that run so you need Quite a lot straight after that run, as soon as you can, you have a window there. And that window is also with, with calories as well. Um, but before I get any calories, I just want to make sure that I give my body all those micronutrients. Um, you know, you know, being somebody that runs a lot, my immune system is fairly low. Yeah. Like if you run, I guess, like let's say anything between 40 and, and 60k a week, it's actually boosting your immune system. Yeah. But when you are running a lot on a regular basis, your immune system is, you know, fragile. So a bit compromised. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I'm like scared. Like after a run, I try and like get back into my car, have my drink and kind of drive home and get some food um, only because I don't want to get sick um, yeah. when my immune system is yeah. weak. So yeah, I think it's, it's important for people to kind of remember those things that like straight after a run, you want to hydrate, you know, have food within 30 minutes, even What's if it's the- an easy run. Um, you know, that window is, you know, can change a lot. So if you finish a run and you don't consume anything for an hour, it would take you a lot longer to recover for your next run. Um, So, yeah, that window is very, very important. And I think that's something that, um, you know, normal runners, like everyday runners don't really think about too much, but it can make a massive difference. Imagine every run that you do from now on, you just feel 5% fresher. Well, you might be going 5% longer or 5% quicker, which will just make you a better and better runner slowly mm. and slowly you would just improve.
0: Mm, I love that. Um, mm. Do you ever take it with you on your longer runs? Is, that, is it the yeah. drink that you would take with you on your longer run as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, so both of our products are uh, like basic electrolyte tablet and recovery tablets are both um, very low in calories.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so it is something that I would use but when you are going a bit longer, you need some calories if mm-hmm. it's from gels or, or uh, you know, a carb drink. Um, a so I do drink. use it, but I also use other products that have calories in them. Um, okay. so, but then again, like, you know, a lot of people would take, you know, a gel for, you know, a short run, which you might not need, mm. um, which electrolytes would just do fine. Mm. So I think it's that, you know, finding that balance between mm. how much you actually need and how much you are being pushed by you know, big, giant marketing yeah. companies. Yeah,
0: yeah totally um, understand that. Yeah. Uh, When you talk about uh, food and nutrition, how do what's your theories or what do you do for your body when it comes to what you eat either after a run, but also just in general to keep your body healthy?
1: So part of my like research and, you know, trying to improve my sleep and strength work and all that was definitely diet was a big thing. And mm. I remember reading somewhere that um, a plant-based diet can improve recovery. Mm -hmm. and you know i've eaten a lot of meat like you know for me it was just meat for years and years um so i kind of thought i might just give this vegan diet a try wow and that was that was yeah it would be 10 years in christmas so nine and a half years ago and never looked back i just felt better
0: um you're not the not the first vegan on the podcast by the way (laughs) we've got a few (laughs) vegan runners out there heaps of them so yeah it's been really good for you
1: obviously yeah absolutely like you know i just couldn't lie to myself i i, I wanted to like back when i made that little change it was 100 for for health reasons mm. um i wanted to find like something that wasn't great about it but you know i was sleeping better i had more energy obviously i was recovering quicker for my runs um you know i was just yeah had so much more energy so i just yeah never looked back and it's been yeah nine and a half years that's um, that I'm feeling. Obviously, over time you realize that it's more than just your body. Yeah. And obviously, I've done some vegan podcasts where they ask me like, "Would you, would you go back to your old ways?" Like once you stop running, and yeah. you know, over time you realize that it's more than just yourself. And I think that that's changed um, for me, and you know, it's been working well for me for the last nine years. So we kind of, hopefully, doing this forever or for as long yeah. as my body kind of works works well with it.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. And so when you talk about consuming calories, as soon as you finish, you know, within that half an hour or whatever, if you can, what are you eating? Bananas, nuts, what are exactly, you, yeah. that kind of thing? Yeah. Then, sort so of usually deep. I'll just
1: have like two bananas with me, a handful yeah. of nuts and I'll have that straight away. So I know that I'll get in two to 300 calories straight after the run. Mm-hmm. And then obviously dinner might take another half an hour, or right, an hour but I'm fine because I've already hydrated. I've already put in like 300 calories in my body. So the body's already starting the um, the recovery process. The recovery process, you obviously need, the t- your body need the tools mm. um, to start uh, kind of fixing itself. Um, yeah. So yeah, bananas, dates, um, yeah. nuts. It can even like sometimes after a long run, I'll go to the supermarket and just get some bread with avocado, yeah. um, bread with some vegan cheese. Like mm. I just need, I just got to make sure that, you know, I finish my long run next to a supermarket so I can go straight away. Um, And it can be sometimes a bit unhealthy as well. Like I can have like, you know, soft drinks right after like, you know, a long run, I just have to get those calories in. Um, But obviously I wouldn't do that for every single run of the week. So, you know, when I just do a 15k run tonight, you know, you know, try and keep it a lot healthier and, and, and pretty simple. And during the day, it's just basic food. Like you know, a lot of smoothies. So for breakfast, mm-hmm. I'll have big smoothies. And um, for lunch, it can be salad or an avocado toast, like really simple. Um, and then at night, I'll have most of my calories. Yeah. which can be like a lot of sweet potato, rice, curries, um, mm-hmm. you know, probably once a week, some vegan burgers or mm-hmm. some like, you know, a bit more unhealthy kind of vegan stuff. Um, but yeah, pretty simple. And yeah, it's been working well for me, for my wife. Um, so well,
0: yeah. if it works, then yeah that's right it's working well for you Uh, are you still run coaching or is that something that you don't do
1: yeah so that was uh well probably about a year ago i got to the point where i needed to make that decision like because it it does take a lot of time and if you Mm -hmm. do care about your runners um you do spend a lot of time on them um so i got to the point where i just didn't want to give half of me to to those runners um so i pretty much don't do any more coaching and Mm -hmm. you know kind of go all in on on beaks which you know yeah. was it was all my all the savings that i saved over the years of coaching went into this so yeah. i can't kind of let let it down you know i gotta make sure that i'm all in on that as well
0: yeah well i suppose now that covid's loosening a little bit um more events are coming and i assume you know that'll give you more opportunities as well to be able to take that product along to to those events too oh i, get I mean- in front of runners
1: Absolutely. I think that the COVID, I mean, if we survive COVID, I think that we can survive anything (laughs) to be honest. Like we were in the event
0: space. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Imagine like, you know, we put a big order through of, of 25,000 tubes, which is a big, big order Mm. and, you know, COVID hit, you know, and we're kind of scratching our head, like, you know, how are we going to do this? Luckily I had a bit of connection through Asia because I've lived there and we were able to like get it into a few shops. But in the beginning, a lot of a lot of people tried the product a lot of shops tried it and like wow it's a really good product but I'm just a bit too scared to take on new products right now and you know so yeah. it was a bit tough but yeah hopefully now with you know I'm, I'll be able to travel a bit more to races create connections which mm. you know that's what it's all about um and yeah hopefully grow the brand slowly
0: and it can sponsor you to go to these races yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> I love
1: it. that's what I tell my wife you know a company <laughs> sponsors me now to go to you can races. tell
0: her I agree fine i have a marketing background it's okay that works it's worth it yeah (laughs) is there anything about running that we haven't touched on that you would like to share
1: yeah i think i think probably something that i used to kind of point out to people that i used to coach is look at running as the big picture like don't be too focused on like a certain time or like a certain race even Um, obviously some races can be a bit more important but look at running as like something that you will do for the next 10 years. And what is the most important thing for you to do? That is not to get injured, build a strong running base, which means a lot of easy running, a lot of boring running, um, but that will create a strong base that you'll be able to, you know, do a lot of different events at different paces um, and actually like, you know, not get injured.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so I think a lot of people are really, you know, they'll come to me and they go, Hey, I want to run a three hour marathon. Um, where, you know, usually I kind of agree and then over time we'll kind of like, you know, change that goal into hey I want to run pain free for the next 50 days. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of go after that is like, what do I have to do to be pain free, and then we focus on smaller goals alright well I'm going to stretch for five minutes every single day, You know, I'm going to yeah. do 10 minutes of strength work every day, so then we break down those goals. Um, to really small pieces Mm -hmm. and before you know it that three hour marathon goal that we had suddenly it's 250 because we were not focused on it we were focused on you know just being a healthy strong runner um, an injury free runner and suddenly you know those goals achieve themselves Um, and also like don't be too focused on race day so most of my messages on instagram is like hey what should i do on race day what should i eat on race Mm -hmm. day what warm-up should i do on my race day Whatever you do in your training should be what, the same thing that you do for your race day. You should not change anything on race day. Maybe obviously we'll have a few easier days, like a taper before. Yeah. But you want to keep, you know, your everyday training the same as race day. So, you know, if I have a banana before my run, before my long run every week, then it'll be the same thing on race day. It's the same warm up. I don't do anything different. Um, I don't. Uh, your body gets used to something, and that's where the focus should be. And same with nutrition, like you know, you have to make sure that, you know, the nutrition that works for you for the six weeks leading up to the race and you trained well, will work for you also on race day. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't need to change anything, like focus on the everyday training and yeah. race day will just take care of itself. And then yeah. that consistency and,
0: and practice, which is really what being consistent is about. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that practice. Yeah. I love that. All right. You have, been amazing and shared some amazing tips and i will put all the links to all of your social medias and and your website into this the show notes and i'm sure everyone's going to go there and get all the strength tips because it's something that you know i've had running coaches before and as well everyone screams get some strength and cheese stop just running and do some strength stuff and i'm like oh okay uh, anyway i'm sure everyone's going to go to your youtube channel and start getting their chairs out and doing one-legged um whatever yeah. they're called <laughs> get up yeah I'm like, they'll do that because that looked great. I tried, but my chair moved around because it's got wheels on it. (laughs) I'll go and get a chair without wheels. Um, Do you have, or or can you give us some simple beginner running tips before we wrap up today?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, consistency is key. Like, you know, with with a sport like running, it it, it is building a strong base and don't kind of like rush into, you know, setting yourself goals that your friends have or like you know you see a a cool race on facebook and you want to do it like focus on the little things and you know you will be able to do a lot of races and you know as many races as you want as long as your running base is so strong uh, is strong and like even with a lot of younger runners today um you know beginner younger like you know a lot of focus goes on race day if you can focus on just building that base you'll do really really well
0: yeah i love that i think that's solid (laughs) really solid and very important because so many people just yeah they don't they're not consistent and 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 don't do those things all right again vlad thank you so much i have really enjoyed getting to know you and i'm sure everyone else will as well and they'll go and start annoying you and asking you those questions on instagram What do I do on race day? <laughs> um, so don't just jump off, but I uh, just, uh, cause I'll say goodbye to you off the recording as well. But I did want to acknowledge your time and thank you very much for sharing your goodness with us today. Thank you. Uh,
1: thank you. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it or a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit. Head over to the website, fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.